This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It's Cruise Control, the car show here on BFM. My name is Rich Bradbury, and as usual, I'm joined by my good friends, uh, Daniel Fernandez from DSF.my. Say hello, Daniel. Hello, gentlemen. And of course, Ali Johan from BFM.my. Say hello, Ali. Good evening, good evening, both of you. A little bit of a change-up in the show today. Instead of it being a show in three parts, we will be a show in two parts today. But we are condensing and cramming as much information into those two parts as we possibly can. Starting off with some local launches here. Ali, what have you got? News on the local front. First up, Toyota Yaris gets a facelift. Toyota's move in trying to spruce up the B segment. So the Yaris, which is their champion hatchback, gets updated with new tech, new colour options, upgraded interiors. But Daniel, does it look different? Well, sadly, uh, this is the same car. You know, it's been 10 years. Mm. 10 years, they've, they've done very well. You see the cars a lot on the road. It is a very attractive hatchback. It's a, what you call a starter hot hatch. For a lot of people, wanting a hot hatch and thinking, you know, I can buy this and, you know, do some exhaust, some body kit, some alloy wheels and, you know, look a bit garang lah, you know. But it, it works, it works. And, and, you know, if you look at it very closely, it's related to the Myvi, you know. Yes. Ah, it's related to the Myvi because, you know, Daihatsu is Toyota, Toyota is Daihatsu, Daihatsu and Toyota are Perdua. It's all one big vicious family. Now, there is a new Yaris already on the road. So... Why aren't we not getting the new generation? Why are you still facelifting? Um, when I asked the question to the product planning people, they said, well, you know, it's still selling. There's still a lot of buyers out there. And we still have stock, which is good. Which is good because it's already a good, reliable vehicle. But come on, give us the new vehicle. The new vehicle is already in, in Singapore and in Indonesia and in Thailand. And we would like it here. So the facelifted Yaris maintains, uh, I think, the same engine, 1.5 liter engine paired with a seven-speed shiftmatic transmission. Prices for this facelifted version, Daniel? Yep, it's uh, starting at eighty-eight thousand for the E model, and the G model gets ninety-one thousand six hundred. So it's it's just a small bump in price with all the the little facelift features. But again, I say, bring us the new one, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go to some news on two wheels we mm. very happy when huh? we have that what? on the show yes two wheels yeah why wow. not why not cruise control some some bikes have uh, you know cruise control on them they they do yes they do the bigger bikes not this one mm. This week, Vespa celebrated uh, a 10th anniversary edition of their model, the 946 issuing a limited and numbered series of Vespas uh, and this Bunny version is the first uh, of a 12-year project that they're going to do uh, inspired by the Zodiac animals of every year. So they're going to go through starting, huh. with, starting with the bunny. Um, you can see photos here, Rich. It is the Vespa 946, uh, which is you know launched in 2013, 10-year-old model. But the price though, this one shocked me a bit, Daniel. Why did it shock you? Because you're on BFM salary. You shouldn't be shocked. <laughs> but for a motorbike, 
It starts from 99,000 ringgit. That's shocking, isn't it? Mm. 99,000. Exactly. Ringgit Malaysia. <laughs> for a 946 Vespa. Yeah, yes. Painful. Is it made of gold? No, because it's got a bunny on it, mate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they've done partnerships before, though, right? The 946. Yes, they did, they've done uh, partnership with so many people. They've done partnership with even, you know, uh, Justin Bieber. Cr- and Christian Dior and mm, Gloria yes. Armani. 99,000? Yeah, but I think you know something like this is just you know for very 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 select few people who just want something different, and I think the people who buy this are not even going to put it on the road. Okay, question is how many of them are there going to be? That could be I, the price. I thing, think right? just a handful, just a very small handful. Oh, that's and, you why know, they. You know, they said a thousand units, but coming to Malaysia, maybe maybe ten, maybe twenty, because if you're talking about a thousand around the world. Mm. I think majority will go to Vietnam. That's true. You know, the majority will go to Vietnam. In, in, in Vietnam, you wouldn't know it's a special edition. It would just blend in with every other scooter there. Yes, then the, 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 next, the next whole bunch will go to Italy. You know, but the thing is, these are for collectors and collectors will pay mm. money when it's limited edition. Mm-hmm. Yes. True, true. Yeah. So yeah. it yeah. is a special edition Vespa celebrating 10 years of uh, the 946 model. So what do we have next? Another motorbike. Uh, now, this is the new Kawasaki Ninja ZX. The full name is Kawasaki Ninja ZX 25R SE, which is an all-new 250cc super sport model by Kawasaki uh, for sports-minded customers longing for a racy street machine. So, not really for racing, Daniel? No, this is a very, very special bike. Okay, it may be a 250cc bike, but it, it delivers 48 PS. Now, 48 PS might not sound you know a lot for a car driver. For a motorbike, Small, light, this is a lot of power. Torque is at 22 newton meters of torque. It uses a slipper clutch, which means you can do a very quick shift on your mm. on your gear shifter. Now, this 250cc bike, it was actually developed and released in the market three years ago. Mm. Now, why it took so long to come to Malaysia? There were people waiting. There were hardcore ninja lovers in Malaysia because this is a ninja bike. Waiting in Malaysia because the demand globally and the... De- demand in Mother Japan, where it comes from, was so high that Malaysia only got the bikes right now. And when they released the bike, they also released it to the first 99 customers who have put a booking and waiting for the last few years. Mm. So this is a very special bike. If you are also a racer, I mean professional racer, you can literally just change the tyres, take it on the track and race it and come back and put back your road tyres on it. Interesting. Yeah, Yeah. it does look like a high-performing motorbike. But what's the price, Daniel? Oh, the price. Very reasonable. Very, very reasonable. I can tell you this. 30,000 ringgit. Hmm. Okay. okay. Is that a lot? It's more than I expected it to be. But, really? you know. Mm. More than what you expected. Why, why do you say that? I, I, I would have expected it to be around 24, 25 maybe. Uh, but I can tell you this. If you bought this bike, if you had managed to get stock of this bike, you can flip it tomorrow for 36, 37,000. Mm, mm. Because the next batch, we don't know when it's going to come. So there are bikes like this, which are in high demand globally. So even in Malaysia, people are willing to pay a little bit more. And you know, the market for these bikes is uh, not, you know, not the guys who buy super bikes of 750 or 1,000cc or 1,200cc. These are the people who want small capacity bikes, very fast, very agile and low maintenance. Right. Still, yeah. still sort of a daily commuter machine. Oh, easily, easily. Mm. And I can see a lot of the owners who, who ride this bike will probably not even ride it daily and park it 
just here and there because why theft mm. you know even if with an immobilizer or with an alarm system or with a lock people will want to steal this ninja So Rich, those are two motorbike news that we have this week. We're going to go back to cars now um, and into EVs. Hyundai have introduced entry-range models to their high-performing Ioniq 6 EV. Um, so in July, they launched the Ioniq 6 in all-wheel drive form and those were going from 289,000 to about 320,000 ringgit. Now they made cheaper models, Daniel? Actually, they did not make cheaper models. You see, when, when, you, when you're dealing with uh, manufacturers, Uh, when they when they when they introduce a vehicle to a certain country, they would have a number of variants, and they'll say, okay, for your country, for your market, let's give you the premium variant because you know, like for us now, we're tax free. So they say you might as well take the higher variants. But what happened is, I think this is you know, you heard it here first. <laughs> I think the fact that the competition has come in at a lower price, and I'm talking about Tesla. The Tesla Model 3 was launched just recently at. 189,000 ringgit. So when you bring something like that from 189,000 now, when you add in all the software and all the features and all that, it's probably going to be more than 200,000. But you get enough people to be tickled to walk away from Hyundai and say, I want a Tesla, you know? Yeah. So the Koreans in the headquarters said, hey, we got to fight back. You know, we can't let these Americans take our market share. So what they do, they tell Malaysia, listen, let's bring in a lower spec version Why? Because our lower spec version is already higher spec than the base Tesla Model 3. Mm-hmm. However, at a starting price of, which I'm going to share right now, 220,000 ringgit, actually 219,888, you're still slightly above Tesla. And it's not easy to, you know, to, to tweak a Tesla buyer because why? A Tesla buyer is a hardcore lover of the brand, you know? He's not going to walk away from the brand. Even if you tell him, listen, at the end, after ticking all the boxes, you're going to be paying $300,000. He'll say, never mind, I'll pay the $300,000. Because he wants a Tesla. Yeah, that's right. So I think Hyundai, by doing this, is not really going to get more people walking to the showroom. I hope they do because it is a very good-looking vehicle. It's got a lot of features. Hyundai is now leading. They are in the top of their game in terms of electric vehicles. Their interior, their build quality and everything else on the electric vehicles are boom, class act. Yeah, I love seeing the domino effect of Tesla pricing already happening. We were just discussing this on the show a couple of weeks back, right? Yeah. Mm, yes, correct. I love seeing these Ionics on the road as well. They are I've beautiful. seen a few on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Obviously, some, there were some smart people who decided, no, I'll take the Ionic. Mm-hmm. They're beautiful. It looks good. In, It's got great person, features. In person, they look fantastic. Interesting. Yep. So that's um, a Hyundai Ioniq 6 with a Correct. light and plus variant um, introduced to our local markets. Uh, it, it is uh, what we see as a lesser model compared to the first few ranges that were launched in July. They have omitted a few bells and whistles from the top range, including driver assistance systems, no powered front seats, less speakers, no sunroof, no heads up display. It feels like a no-frills kind of electric car that's already really, really good, right? Well, you know, if you ask me, and I'm, I'm old school, so a lot of people are going to disagree with me. I prefer old school because you know why? In years to come, there are less things to go wrong. <laughs> yeah. I don't need an electric seat because why? I'm sitting in the same position all the time. 
and if I need to adjust my seat, I have a right hand that works, a left hand that works, which I can move my seat. Yeah, give give us the old mechanism any day, right? It's still the same yes. thing. So there we have it. Uh, Hyundai Ioniq 6 Light and Plus going head-to-head with um, the Tesla Model 3 with prices that are very close to each other. Um, and I choose a Hyundai. What about you guys? Go on, Daniel. You first. Okay, if dreams of a free... Then I'll probably go for the Kia EV6. Ooh. I want to go for the uh, Hyundai. Yeah, same here. Mm. Okay, let's move on. Um, some recalls have been uh, put out in the local market. Uh, first, Burma's Auto Alliance has issued a stop drive statement to owners of the Citroen C3, C4, DS3, DS4 and DS5 models were made between years 2009 and 2017 due to a uh, possibly faulty airbag inflator, Daniel. This is very important because why any kind of any kind of recall, I mean if it's a, if it's a what do you call a quiet recall, quiet recall is which means it doesn't affect the safety of the driver or passenger, then it's fine. But this affects the safety. And you know, many years ago, I I I'm sure you remember, you know, when Honda did their Takata airbag recall because it was a huge safety issue. They actually yeah. put up centers in in petrol stations and fuel stations, little tents. And they put, you know, people who who are uh, ready to actually accept your car in and, and replace your airbag. Because why? It was a safety issue. They made sure that people were able to reach any outlet to get their airbags changed, you know. Now, with this, I mean, these customers are not customers that have been around for one, two years, nine, ten, eleven years. So, some of these cars are quite old, you know, 2009. And you know, you you'll be driving around not realizing it. But, you know, if you have a small accident and that airbag explodes… We know of some incidents with, you know, airbags going off in the wrong way, you know? Mm, yes. So they're saying, please, bring your car in, get the airbags uh, replaced. You never know when it's going to happen, you know? And a recall is free, right? I mean, a replacement A recall is free. is free, 100% free. Everything is free. It's just your time. So mm. they've given a number, a helpline, you know, 03-7627-8818. You know, you can go to them or you can just contact Burma's uh, Auto Alliance Customer Relationship website. And make an appointment and go and see them. Yep. Mm. So if you own any of these models above, Citroen C3, C4, DS3, DS4 and DS5 models made between 2009 and 2017, get in touch with Burma's Auto Alliance Customer Service Helpline. Another recall also we heard this week uh, is the Proton X90. Big one, yes. Yep. X90s were being recalled over a faulty grounding connection that may become a thermal risk. And uh, today, after about three weeks of the the burning incident, Proton finally issued a follow-up statement. As a safety measure, all Proton X90 owners will be contacted individually by Proton 3S and 4S centres to bring their vehicles in for inspection. So, I guess if you haven't been notified uh, and you are a Proton X90 owner, you should be expecting a call from them, right? Yes, Proton is contacting people now. This is another, you know, quite a serious issue now. Um, some weeks ago, there was a viral little video uh, of a Proton X90, the rear catching fire and, you know, people coming and using a fire extinguisher and putting it out. So I saw the video and I, and I contacted Proton and they said, we can't say anything right now, uh, we'll get back to you. So instead of me waiting for them to get back to me, I decided to go over to the Proton HQ and have a look at the vehicle because I knew the vehicle was there because I still have some people working on ground level who are informing me of certain goings-on, you know? Yeah. Now, what happened is this vehicle, a lot of people started saying because it's a mild hybrid, it's, oh, you know, the hybrid battery exploded. It's a battery problem, blah, blah, blah. That was the biggest issue online. 
Now, when I looked at the picture, now if a battery explodes, even a small 9-volt battery explodes, an explosion means glass will be shattered, the rear door will be damaged, there'll be fragments sitting around the car, right? But I didn't see that in the video. So I knew it wasn't a battery issue, but I needed to get confirmation because I wanted to also inform my readers because there's a lot of negative information running around today when, you know, when people see videos. Mm. Because they don't really absorb the video. They just see, ah, bad news. So I went to Proton and then they showed me that the battery was completely intact. There was nothing wrong with the battery. They said, we're still investigating and we are getting a team in from Geely because as you know, the Proton X90 is a Geely product which has been rebadged for Malaysia and called the Proton X90. So in theory, this whole vehicle is coming from Geely, right? Hmm. So Geely people came in, they inspected the car and then they released a recall. Now the recall is for some wiring work, not the battery. As you can see, they say faulty grounding connection. Now, whether it's, it's, it's the whole grounding system or the wiring system or whatever, it's not the battery. The most important thing to understand here, it's not to do with the hybrid battery system. And there okay. was no explosion. It was just a fire that got started. Yes, it's dangerous. I've driven the X90. I've, I've taken it out for test drive. Uh, nothing happened, luckily. But it can happen. So to be safe, Proton is issuing a recall. They're asking all the owners to come in. No cost to them. They will redo the wiring. I mean, they're going to install new wiring system. Make sure everything is secure and let you go back on your business. And if you haven't been notified, you're a Proton X90 owner, you can also call your nearest 3S4S service centres to Correct. make an appointment or uh, check out the status of uh, your car, right? Yes. And the number to call is 1-800-88-8398. I repeat, one 800 888398. All right. Well, there you go then, folks. A couple of warnings for you there. Please do pay attention. If you didn't hear it the first time around, go back, download the podcast, have a listen to it. The telephone numbers are on there. Make sure you take your cars to be checked. Anyway, we're going to have to take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, a discussion. Cloned cars. Yep, apparently it's a thing. And it's a big thing. And we'll be learning more about it with Daniel after these messages here on Cruise Control on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, the business station. Welcome back to Cruise Control. It's a car show here on BFM. My name is Rich Bradbury. I'm joined by Daniel Fernandez from DSF.my and, of course, Ali Johan. We are now discussing JPJ. Are they negligent in the cloned car case? This sounds like a book. <laughs> a book? Ah, or, um, I don't know, some kind of play or something. Well, tell yeah, us this, more, Daniel. This is going to be changed into a movie. Yeah. Okay, so we heard about this on the news. Uh, it came out in one of the news portals. We double-checked it. A few other news portals ran it, so it was legit. Uh, JPJ were actually found negligent in a recent cloned vehicle issue. Now, the case was brought to, brought to light by uh, the owner who was a doctor who bought a cloned 2013 Toyota Wildfire three years ago. So uh, this doctor was very upset about, you know, the, the car being cloned and everything else. So brought the case up, made a claim. Now, this is not new in Malaysia. Maybe Ali knows about this. Maybe Richard, you don't know about this. But this mm. has been going on for years. Clone cars are quite common in Malaysia. I don't know how to explain how it's been happening. But it's been happening because I've had people who come to me and explain to me how their cars have been cloned. 
Now, suing the JPJ is one thing. I I think even JPJ doesn't even really know what's going on. And maybe it's, you know, some some parties inside might be, you know, uh, working with, you know, subversive elements to do this. But it's not the JPJ director's fault. But you can't go and pick and choose a, an employee to sue. So you have to pick the, the, the boss, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. Some years ago, I got a speeding summons for one of my vehicles, old cars. And uh, when I checked, it was in a location where I've never been with the car, never been at all. It's way up in the east coast of Malaysia. So when I checked, same vehicle, same plate number, different color. Oh. So what happens is there are some people who basically, either they are stolen cars or their cars brought in from neighboring countries illegally. And, you know, they just they just put on a number plate and there's no proper road tax or it's a fake road tax and they just drive around. Now, these are all syndicates doing this. Uh, I don't think the, the road transport department or, or the police are involved. I think it's basically individuals who are smart enough to work around the system. So when I got this summons, I went to the police station to say, listen, I'm not going to pay the summons. And they said, why? And I, and I showed them my vehicle picture. They said, okay, can you bring your vehicle to show us? So the next day I brought my vehicle and showed, and then the officer saw it and said, okay, your car has been cloned. Uh, no problem. You don't have to pay the summons. And then he just signed off on it. So oh. that was great. But the following year, I got another summons. Again, in the same kind of location, which is in, in, in the East Coast of Malaysia. Now, you see, the people who do this, they know where you live. They mm. already have your records like where you live and where you rotate. So they will do it somewhere far away, you know? Got it. Yeah. And, you know, cameras will catch you speeding or parking or whatever else. So they're not worried because why? The summons comes back to me because I'm the registered owner of the vehicle. So they can pretty much do whatever they want and, and you know, to some degree get away with it. Get away with it. Luckily, that vehicle was a different color. So what I did was I changed... I, you know, I, I, I went to the JPJ to say, listen, can you, you know, like, like find out who this person is? How, where do we start? Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, I'm not, I'm not being summoned anymore because they understand what's going on. But, you know, I don't want the hassle, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Now, I've got some friends who have had their cars, premium cars, cloned. Now, when their premium cars are cloned, some of them have with the same color. Mm. So, for example, a premium car, same color, same number plate, but in a different state. Now, how do you argue... With the, with the authorities that this is not you in that state speeding. Unless you can show some proof that, you know, your car was somewhere else. But how do you show it, you know? I mean, the only way you could do it is if it's parked on your driveway and you've got a camera trained on it with the date on it, right? Exactly, exactly. But do you do that? Can you have right. that, you know? Yeah. So th- I know a lot of people, uh, especially with premium cars, because there's a lot of these clone premium cars. Like in this case, it was a luxury MPV, you know? Right, right. So, how do you stop this? How do you prevent this from happening further? Now, enforcement can be there. They can go to, to the East Coast of Malaysia and start, you know, everybody who reports this car, okay, start looking for these cars. But these guys, you know, they probably have connections with local enforcement. Mm. And someone will tip them off and say, hey, these guys are coming, can you hide it in the kampong? Or, you know, after everything is cooled off, they're back on the road. So, take me back to how they found out about, you know, this car being cloned. You think about it, when you go and purchase a car, what happens? Automatically, you, you trust the dealer to have the registration document and everything there, mm. right? Yes. Now, are you going to take your spyglass and check the document whether it's uh, original or not? You automatically think it is, right? Yeah. Doesn't matter whether it's a premium car, premium MPV, whatever. Secondly, if you're buying the car on loan, you would assume that the finance company will do their relevant checks because once you take a car on loan, 
the actual owner of the car is the finance company. Yeah, so you think they do the due, uh, due diligence, right? They have to do the due diligence because they don't want to be held with a with a with a clone car or anything like that. Mm, but mm. if if the if if the if the scam run by whoever is done really well and they've got all the relevant parties playing together with them, they can actually you know come up with a registration document, you know your 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 Rotex disc and everything else as original as possible. Mm. Mm. They just need to print it out and give it to the to this this unsuspecting owner. They run the car. They keep driving it around until something unwanted happens, like a small fender bender where an insurance company gets involved. I'm I'm, I'm just assuming this insurance company gets involved. Like here, they said there was an accident, right? Mm. Yeah. Okay. Insurance company gets involved. Insurance company was not privy to this information earlier. So when they take the car in and then they get their their, their repair facility looking in, they may say, hey, this one, the numbers don't match. You know what I mean? Because they are doing the next level of checks. Mm. And that's assuming there's an accident. What if there's an insurance claim for total loss? Put me in the picture a little bit then, Daniel. How, how kind of prevalent is this in Malaysia? Okay. I've known about this for more than 20 years. Um, it's no great secret, Okay. I think the local authorities already know what's been going on. They know where it is because like I told you, like when my MPV was cloned, when I went to the officer, he was not surprised. He said, okay, just bring your vehicle to just verify. You know what I mean? Mm. It's not that he, he didn't trust me. He just needed to verify because he needed to snap a picture and say, okay, this car is brown. The other car is white. This is the owner and this is his car. Done. You know? They did not mm. suspect you, right? Yes. But a friend of mine with a premium uh, German car when his car was cloned and, and he got a summons again in the same region of Malaysia which is the East Coast. East Coast is very famous for this. Okay? A lot of clone cars are sitting down there. He couldn't argue it because same colour, same model, same type. Even the guy even had the same, you know like some cars have the badge like you know Mercedes and BMW, C200, 523, 528, C230. Same badge zone. Wow. So you get if you get the exact same car and clone it, uh, you can you can be driving it for years without anyone hassling you. Wow. Yeah. So where do these cars come from? First place they come from is uh, Singapore. Oh. Cars that have been deregistered in Singapore, put on a ship, sometimes might get rerouted to Malaysia. You heard it here first. When it comes from Singapore, it's not stolen cars. It's just deregistered cars. You know, Singapore, they have the deregistration after 10 years, you know, mm, and mm. the cars are supposed to be exported out and, you know, they're supposed to go to countries like Australia, South Africa, the African continent and things like that. Some of them, some of them end up in Malaysia. Then you have stolen cars coming in from our northern neighbours. And I think that these cars are cheaper in the market. Well, if it's stolen, it's it's very much cheaper, right? If it's deregistered, it's, it's still cheaper because no tax was paid on it. Well, there you go. Well, thanks for that. I, uh, I, I feel enlightened mm. and informed. You heard it here first. We heard it here first. Uh, that's all we got time for this week then, folks. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in this week. And if you missed any part of this show, uh, particularly when it comes to those recalls that we spoke about a little bit earlier on in the show, uh, there are recalls, uh, just a quick reminder, for the Citroen C3, the C4, the DS3, the DS4, and the DS5 uh, between 2009 and 2017. And Proton X90 owners have been notified that you should be expecting a recall as well due to a thermal risk. But if you did miss this show, the podcast will be available 
via our website. And of course, it will be available uh, via our app, which is available in the Apple App Store or Google Play. For Cruise Control here on BFM 89.9, my name is Rich Bradbury on behalf of Daniel Fernandez and of course, Ali Johan here on BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.